I remember it does bring this one memory of like a meeting that I had one time around that time where someone told me like, if you really want to do this, you'll never be able to leave your house. And then I was like, what does that really mean? But that that's kind of what that meant is like, it feels scary to leave your house because it's a safety risk. Like, do I need security? Because I could go to the movies and there's clips online, you can find them, of me walking out of the movies and getting rocked with someone's shoe that they took Are off their foot. Yeah, like just anywhere I went. Welcome to Imposters, the show where I talk to world-class execs, athletes, and entertainers about their personal challenges and how overcoming those challenges has shaped their careers and lives for the better. I'm your host, Alex Lieberman, co-founder and executive chairman of Morning Brew. My guest today is Jacob Sartorius. Jacob has a pretty wild resume. He's a singer, actor, producer, and social media influencer. And get this, he's only 19 years old and has been in the spotlight since he was just 13 when he released his first single, Sweatshirt, in 2016. And because of all of this early success, Jacob has a massive online presence with 2.97 million subscribers on YouTube, 10.3 million followers on Instagram, and 23 million followers on TikTok. But as you might imagine, being internet famous comes with plenty of trolls and plenty of cyberbullying. From relentless commentary on his previous relationship with actress Millie Bobby Brown to having one of the most disliked videos on YouTube, it's fair to say that Jacob has experienced a lot of online harassment. But even before that, he had experienced bullying in school that was so intense, his parents decided to switch him to homeschooling. So how, in the face of all of this, at such a vulnerable time in his life, no less, does Jacob decide to keep moving forward in his career? And how does he manage to be resilient through it all despite having such awful experiences in the public eye? I got to sit down with him in person in LA to talk about all of it, plus his involvement with Dutch athlete and breathwork guru, Wim Hof. My full conversation with Jacob Sartorius after this break. Jacob Sartorius, thank you so much for joining Imposters. Thank you for having me, man. So, Alex, the legend. There we go. It's uh, first time I've been called that, but uh, really? I, oh, I'll take it. Oh, let's go. Um, you are 19 years old. Yes. You're 19, and you know, you have achieved more in your life than people achieve in their whole lifetime. And a lot of people focus on that success that you've had. But actually, what I love to focus on is the level of awareness, the self-awareness, the, the the mental health practice that mm-hmm. you've incorporated in your life for a really long time. I think yeah. literally since you were 11. And I think in order to understand kind of all of this inner work that you've done for yourself, we need to go far back. Let's go. And so I want you to take me back to the beginning. Yeah, uh, dude, I was born actually in Oklahoma and adopted right around birth. Grew up in Reston, Virginia in musical theater, acting, dancing, singing from age seven onward. I loved basketball, sports. Went to middle school up until, well, seventh grade. I actually had to leave middle school. Um, There was just a lot of bullying. 
And I was also doing all this career stuff, you know, doing social media was really not as popular as it is now. Yeah. And dropping music and everything, it kind of made sense for me to switch to uh, homeschooling. I want to dive into your experience being bullied to the extent that you're comfortable. Um, yeah, dude, let's do and, it. And I asked both for our listeners, but also personally, because yeah. I experienced bullying in my own life. I would say from fourth grade through high school. And, you know, that's the first time I've said that out loud, but that's a long ass time, yeah. you know, in reflecting on that. And bullying really sucked and it had a huge impact on my life. And and I think as I've gotten more tools over time to, to reflect on it, um, I've tried to turn it into positive energy. But take me yeah. back to when you first started getting bullied. Why were you bullied and how did you deal with it? Well, a lot of the bullying came from doing this type of stuff, like the stuff outside of school that was more creative and, and less sports oriented. I think around seventh grade was when it got really bad enough to leave school. You know, uh, there were kids threatening my life on the daily. Um, Are you serious? I was getting pushed, shoved, called every name you could get called. I had to be walked uh, by the principal outside of school 10 minutes before all the other kids because they, they would literally like, yeah, probably beat me up. And my mom would have to go talk to the principal and, you know, say like, there's kids threatening my son's life. And the principal was like, well, they're not actually going to do that. So my mom took me out of school from, from then on. At the time when you were being bullied, how did you deal with that with yourself when you didn't have all these tools that you have now? I was lost. Yeah. Lost kid, lost kid. Still kind of am working on what found looks like, but it caused a lot of questions, raised a lot of concerns, caused me to ask myself, who am I? Yeah. You know, it seems like the internet's got a better idea of who I am than I do. And that's a scary thing. You know, I remember putting out my first song, Sweatshirt. I mean, that's like the sixth most disliked video on all of YouTube. Is that actually the case? Yes. Yeah. While also being a Billboard Top 100. Right. Yeah. So there's, yeah, <laughs> it, it goes both ways. But yeah, man, it was cool. But there's a lot of hate and uh, it caused me to maybe at times be a version of myself that I'm not even really, you know, sometimes it makes you have to try to be yeah. yourself even more yeah. than you are. Well, I got to show them who I am. Yeah. But I think taking a step back and taking a deep breath and knowing that like, I'll just keep expressing, keep doing me at my own pace. There's no need to change yeah. anything I'm doing for anyone. Well, and again, it's, it's amazing that you, you just have, this awareness and this level-headedness now as a 19-year-old. Again, these Thank you. Th these are traits that people try to build up over their entire lives. And yeah. I think both in a good way and also a bad way in the sense that you've had to develop these tools because of things you've had to experience very early in life. But you didn't have a lot of these tools when you were young. But I think what's remarkable is, you know, you talked about 12 or 13, being bullied a lot, having to be homeschooled because your parents were literally afraid for your safety. But you started therapy really early, right? Didn't you start yeah, therapy when you were like 11? 11? Yeah. And why had you started therapy? I was actually originally for the adoption stuff, um, processing that, you know, before any of this fame or any of the bullying, there was already a lot I had to uh, <laughs> process and deal with and come to terms with within myself, within my own story. Yeah. And I think, like, I was already a bit confused, but I think all of these things led me to want to do something creative because that's my escape. It's like all this stuff, I can turn this off when I go write a song. And when I like even talk to a therapist, you know, therapy's great. 
uh, having conversations. I wasn't really actually verbalizing a lot of the things I was internalizing. And I was scared. And I think therapy really helped from from that. And then, you know, the therapy focus changed over the years. Once the internet stuff started coming, you know, the topic yeah. of discussion was more focused towards overall mental health. How do I like want to get out of bed? So it, it changes a lot. I found this conversation around adoption to be really interesting because as I reflect on it, a number of hyper successful people that have also been adopted come to mind. Most notably is Steve Jobs. Now for Steve, so much of his story revolves around being a man who grappled with the self-critical fear that no one wanted him as a child. And his reaction to this was to get super motivated and build what ultimately became one of the biggest tech companies in the world. Now, I know every situation and every person is different, but it's interesting to think about this when listening to Jacob's story. Because at the point that Jacob started therapy, he wasn't filled with ambition like Steve, he was filled with a lot of resentment. I had a lot of frustration and anger, but the more that I processed things and talked about them- and Around like, why would your birth parents let you go? Right. Yeah, and, which sounds again, and the fear so of natural, like abandonment, rational. You know, moving forward. Yeah. With any relationship I have, it's like a fear of yeah, it's so interesting too. And um, yeah, I think a lo- I spent a long time just trying to process what had happened, but also changing my perspective and understanding that you know my birth parents did what was best for me at the time, and I wouldn't live this life. I'm so grateful for the family that I have now, and I'm so grateful for everything that they've done for me. It's it's been the biggest blessing actually that could have ever happened. So yeah, man, it gets me like almost in tears, but shout out to my family. Yeah, and it, again, it takes so many years to actually work through those things. But yeah. to me, the fact that you have an awareness around those is so important. It's still a work in progress too, you know? So we're gonna, we're gonna zoom forward in a minute in your career, but I wanna actually stay to your entry into creating content and creating music. Yeah. Do you remember the first piece of content you ever created on social media? I know that the first Vine I ever made was like an anti-bullying Vine. Huh. And it was like just saying, hey, you know, the girl that you called names in the hallway, you don't know what she deals with when she goes home. Like it was just trying to put things into perspective for people that might not know how much bullying really can affect a kid. And uh, that was the first one. And it just said, Revine if you're against bullying. And... From then on, I started doing comedy skits on Vine, but that's like the earliest post I can really remember. That one really started this mission of like, you know what, I'm going to use this as fuel and try to connect or or relate or uplift another kid out there that was either a bully or has been bullied. Because I think I've talked to so many people, some of my own friends now have admitted to me like, yo, man, like when I was in school like I was a bully actually yeah and I think as we get older we're able to kind of look back in it and whether whatever side of it we were on hopefully we can understand that like yo we all need to be here for each other like it's not cool anymore to do that and I don't even know if I knew I was doing yeah. it at the time but it felt right it felt like the right way to express myself and sometimes even through music and things now like that same feeling of trying to relate on a universal emotion because we all feel them, but there's no way to exactly put words to them. But if you could try your hardest and 
relate in really deep ways, it's really powerful. And I have people in my life like Wim Hof and <laughs> Prince and yep. a lot of people that are just so impactful in that way. When you reflect on your experience being bullied, how do you rationalize that experience? Say, like, how do you think about that? Do you feel resentment towards it? Uh, it just is. Yeah. <laughs> but also, I don't have resentment into anybody out there that might have dropped a mean comment. We're all good. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm chilling. We're happy. Yeah. Um, and it's all love, you know? We're all figuring it out. They're outwardly expressing this discomfort they have within. Yes. And it might bring other people down in the process, but they've got to be already feeling some discomfort to want to bring others down. Misery loves company. Exactly. And ultimately, it actually doesn't bring them happiness, right? It's, right. In the right? end, it doesn't help. Like, it doesn't help anyone. If they use that discomfort and actually use that as fuel to want to build deep, yeah. connected, powerful, meaningful relationships, the world would be, a, oh man. Many times, bullying doesn't just affect the person in the immediate moment that they're bullied. It actually builds a pattern of fear with the victim that stays with them unless they're able to seek therapy and self-work like Jacob has. And as impressed as I am with Jacob's honestly far too mature attitude towards his former bullies, I find it really painful to hear that he faced so much negativity at such a young age. He's remarkably unfazed by the memory of it now, and part of that is, again, thanks to therapy. But it's also partly thanks to a more mature understanding of why people even bully in the first place. We're gonna take a quick break here, but when we come back, we get into how Jacob's life has changed since his career has exploded online, and what he does to take care of his mental health now, including an interesting breathwork exercise that he happens to put me through. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. It offers flexible spending capacity that adapts to your business. You can also earn up to $395 in annual statement credits on eligible purchases at select business merchants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. And we're back to the conversation with Jacob Sartorius. Before the break, Jacob walked me through his experience of being bullied as a kid, which ultimately led his parents to pull him out of school. But as his social media career started to take off, the harassment, of course, didn't stop. Jacob told me it was around seventh grade that he hit a really low point emotionally due to the bullying now being both in person and online. There was just a period of probably 10 days where I didn't want to get out of bed and I just pretty defeated. It was kind of like, it felt like things might be over, but dude, luckily I was, I had great support around me and family and therapists and shit and we navigated out of that, but it looked like a lot of fear of the outside world and just panic, constant panic. Um, and where do you think that was coming from? Like, obviously it was internal, right? Yeah, it was it's from me. I don't know. I have some, like, <laughs> you know, some things going on in my head that yeah. I haven't really publicly said, but, you know. And and would you just describe it as, like, feelings of depression? 
depression, deep, deep defeat, like the type of defeat where it's like, I I felt sick physically. So, yeah. Well, I'm sorry that you experienced that because I'm sure it was really freaking tough for a period of time. Definitely, definitely. And how are you, how are you able to work yourself out of it? Right. Like you said, you spent your, you spent 10 days in bed, not wanting to leave. And I, you know, I'm yeah, sure, something like that. And I'm sure so many people, right. Have experienced that also. Yeah. And so what, what was it that got you out of bed? Say 10 days later. I think it was honestly, um, the realization that like, there's so much more, like there's so much more ahead. I think I felt like things might be over, but on the the flip of that is that there's just a lot more life to live. And I might like at the end of the tunnel, I was always told there was light, but when it really comes, it's like, Oh, maybe it's worth it to, you know, stick around and see where this can go. Cause it can get beautiful. And like, since that, those 10 days, it gets me emotional because it's like, I feel bad for him, yeah. you know, but on the flip of that, since then, dude, there's been some of the most peaks of happiness I've ever experienced through finding the Wim Hof method, through building like really cool friendships and exploring my art and taking that to a place that yeah. it's never been. And so what what year was that? I just want to make like sure. Like 2017, 2018. Okay. Yeah. And was this just in terms of thinking about like the, you know, the chronology of all this, you came out with sweatshirt when? 2016. And so you had already, I'm assuming you had experienced like a lot of kind of just the, again, the amazingness, but also awfulness of the internet. Yeah. How did you, when you first started getting, let's call it bullied online and getting just hate from people and seeing that sweatshirt You yeah. know, one of the most disliked. Videos. But it wasn't just online at the time. Like, right. This is in right. person. Like, I can't go eat anywhere without someone pulling out their phone being like, yo, Jacob, you suck, bro. Is that still the case today? No. Thank God, bro. Yeah. Thank the universe because um, now it's really cool. I'll just have conversations with the people that I meet. <laughs> yeah, like and it's you like, actually hey, man, can like live life in a yeah, normal like, way. What college do you go to? What's up? Like, or what's up in life? Like, and it's way more chill now. But there was a time where like I was I couldn't go anywhere. Was dude. that like around 2015, 2016? Yeah. And how did you deal with that? How did you deal with like you're putting a shit ton of content out, you're growing know. a lot? I remember it does bring this one memory of like a meeting that I had one time around that time where someone told me like, if you really want to do this, you'll never be able to leave your house. And then I was like, what does that really mean? But that that's kind of what that meant is like, it feels scary to leave your house because it's a safety risk. Like, do I need security? Yeah, because like was- I could go to the movies and there's clips online. You can find them of me walking out of the movies and getting rocked with someone's shoe that they took Are off you serious? their foot. Yeah, like just anywhere I went. So it was like, I couldn't go to a basketball game. There's clips there of people coming up and doing the stuff. So it, it was like, I couldn't really enjoy a good outside yeah. social life. And something that I think about, and I don't know if your relationship with how you create content has changed over time, but even you know, as a content creator myself, what I'm always trying to think about is like, what's driving this content creation? How much of it is driven by what I would call like the cheap dopamine <laughs> of like the external world validating what I am doing and right. it, the likes and the follows versus how much of it is driven because I am genuinely enjoying the process of creating. 
Have you been able to kind of have a sense over kind of the arc of say from 2015 until now? Yeah. How much of it is driven by call it the outside world versus yourself? And has that changed over time? Well, it started with myself for sure in my bedroom, uh, sweatshirt, the live streams, that's all starting from me. But then it did, I think at a certain point, get caught up in the outside world and people's opinions and trying to do things for other people. And I think I've actually brought it back within the last, I don't know, but I, I do think it's back to doing whatever I want. I mean, if you listen to my new song, Worth It, yeah, I, I freestyled that song. Like it's from my heart and I, I'm not really worried about what happens once this goes out. I'm happy it's out yeah. and that's enough. That's the fulfillment already. Just doing things that I want to, I want to make real art. Yeah. I want to, even with content, I want to put up stuff that's like impacting. Well, I want you to tell me about Worth It. Uh, tell me why you decided to write and record Worth It and what does that song mean to you? The song is like understanding where I'm at in life and accepting where I'm at and understanding that it's not maybe where I, in my dream world, want to be. But we got to remember that it's worth it to stay and stick around. You know, that's the whole idea. It's like glass half full, glass half empty. Fuck it. We might never have an answer for that. It's worth it regardless. Yeah. It's worth it. If whatever you're going through, if you're weighing the pros and the stay, it's worth it. There is beauty on the way. There's good on the way. So just like the world isn't perfect, but I think that it's worth it to stay. And how much is of worth it is call it like a direct nod to your own experience? Is it entirely? Entirely. Yeah. In a hundred percent, all my music's very, very self-reflective. And, yeah. You know, some some of them are love songs. But <laughs> I'm, Gotta I, do it. I, I'm a lover boy, <laughs> but you know, at the same time, I think some of them are, you know, recently fear of intimacy, worth it. Uh, the last EP, lost but found, those are very self-reflective. Also, a time when I'm independent. You know, I'm not, yeah. I'm not signed to a label, and I'm just moving at my own pace. So it's like I don't have anyone saying, "Don't drop this," or we have to wait, you know, like we're just moving. I think I got caught up in that maybe too with the labels and stuff in the past. These days, Jacob has 10.3 million followers on Instagram and 23.7 million on TikTok. So I asked him at this point in time and at this level of fame, how does he react when he inevitably gets trolled? I don't do nothing. I keep doing me. <laughs> I don't know. I'm happy, man. Yeah. I don't know. It doesn't change much. Yeah. Because I made the video, maybe someone didn't like it, and that's cool. Maybe that's actually like a good thing. Like I'm starting to see that hate isn't really a bad thing because I think good art has really crazy opinions on it. Yeah. Yeah, you're not just trying to like, serve other people. Not everyone's going to like you. That's yeah. also true. That's just how it works. Like Prince said, it's cool to get on the internet, but don't let the internet get on you. Yeah. It's a tool at the end of the day. It's a great way to connect with people. It's a good platform, but it's so easy for it to absorb your, your life. So would you say you have a, a healthy relationship with social today? Definitely. And how do you- Like do first hour of the day, don't check my phone. If I do, I go to YouTube actually and look up a Wim Hof guided breathing. And that. that'll be the only thing I search, but I can't see a feed or like notifications, bro. It's like, that's like more serotonin than like a lot of things out there. So I try to not. Oh, yeah, it's a drug. I hate that. It's a drug. I hate that. I'd rather like go sit at the park for an hour and get synced up with nature. Yeah. Like I'm really on that. So tell me some of the big picture things you've done over, let's call it the last 
six years of your life to to work on yourself? And then what are things you're doing on a daily or weekly basis that kind of form your mental wellness stack? Yeah, uh, number one, talking about this stuff with therapists, with friends, establishing almost a support group. I'm there for you and you're there for me. So if you're going through something, you can call me up, I'll be there. But if I'm going through something, I hope you're there too. Yeah. And that's like a cool thing. I didn't really talk about that stuff before. Where does breathing come into all of this? Because you literally, mm -hmm. you put out a documentary January of 2022 and you went to Amsterdam. Yeah. You visited Wim Hof for the listeners who don't know Wim Hof. You know, he's called the Iceman. He has done full marathons in- 26 world records. Yeah, 26 world Climbed records. Climbed Mount Everest <laughs> without a shirt on. Basically his biggest fan right here. Yeah, no, I'm just <laughs> hyping him up. But. Um, but so why did you get super into him? And tell me why breath is so important in your life. And even tell me like what you did before you got to the studio today. Oh, for sure. So I remember my therapist actually, this is, I'll bring you back to how this even started, how this seed got planted in my yeah. head. I actually didn't know, I might've seen Wim Hof on covers of magazines and stuff like that. Familiar face, the beard, but the first time I actually heard was one of my therapists said, have you ever tried breathing? And I said, yeah, dude, I've been breathing. <laughs> yeah, all for day long. My whole life, dude, like nothing new here. And um, he was like, no, I mean like conscious breathing or something like that. I'll send you a link. Like, I really think it'll help you. And, um, you know, at the time I was actually getting off of like prescription medication for my depression and yeah. anxiety. And I was looking for natural healers to kind of help support this journey because it, it was probably going to be uncomfortable. And um, I immediately tried the guided breathing he sent me. It was free. You know, it's free to breathe. There you go. That's, that's, <laughs> that's the catch. You know, you just click on a link. It's free. And you just start taking these deep breaths. And all of a sudden, I felt my body relax. I kind of felt some tingles. And I just kept going. And then immediately, I was fascinated by, well, who's the voice narrating this? I search up Wim Hof. I follow him on Instagram. Like I become a super fan kind of almost immediately. I started going through all his YouTube videos, kind of like podcasts like this, yeah, where yeah. he talks about breathing and the, the benefits of the cold exposure as well. And I was just fascinated. I became a super fan. And I remember one night, probably after about two months of knowing him, three months of keeping up being a super fan, I just got the courage to DM him. I DM'd his Instagram and I said, yo, you're breathing. And I've been doing the breathing every day at this point. Like it just became, it, it kind of just felt right. It felt like a cheat code. Um, but I just DM'd him. I go, yo man, uh, your breathing's like helped me a ton. I'd love to bring it to the younger generation and do a documentary where I come see you. And actually his son, Enam Hoff responded off his Instagram because oh, really? he runs all his socials. That's amazing. And he goes, Hey man, like we'd love to do this. Like here's our email and our team's got in contact. And you know, like two months later, I'm on the way to Amsterdam to do this. And um, the cold exposure and the breathing is what the Wim Hof method really is. And it's just deep uh, conscious breath work, four rounds and in the morning mixed with, or it could be at night and mixed with like a cold shower or an ice bath. You know, in the documentary, we take an ice cold bath, but yep. on the daily, like today before this, I did like four minutes and just as cold as the shower goes, you know, and shock the body. How uncomfortable is that for you now after like doing cold showers for so long? I hate it, but I love it. Yeah. Dude, it's like this like <laughs> weird thing. Like I have to really push myself to twist this knob as cold as it goes. But I'm also reminding myself like this is going to bring me a lot of peace, a lot of it, it lowers the heart rate for the rest of the day. Stress is down. Uh, you know, you get that shock and immediately you're just, whoa, like. I, I don't know. You can kind of learn to deal with it. If you're willing to 
face a challenge that early on in the day, anything else is kind of not as bad. This cold, it, it's like, it gives you that shock that almost that onset of a panic attack might yeah. at the beginning. So it gives you that like immediate, like, oh my gosh, <laughs> like that doesn't feel good. But then you power through that and you get your whole body adapted to it. And after about 45 seconds, you know, it's nice. I'm so grateful to Wim Hof. This stuff really works. Yeah. For, for me, it's work. So then you do, you do breathing. Can yeah. you... I do the breathing before the shower. Oh, you do? Yeah. Can you take me through literally the breathing exercise you do in the morning. Yes. Like I want you to be my Wim Hof right now. All right, cool. Yeah, you actually down? No, I'm, right, I'm being serious. It. So it it starts with just, you know, feet on the floor, just relax. You could either be sitting or you can be laying down. And um, it, it starts with some deep breaths, probably about 30 really deep breaths. So it's it's a deep inhale and a, a lighter exhalation. Through the so nose or like, mouth? It can be through either. Okay. Like, That's one. Keep going. Just follow the breath. That's two. Three. You just keep going. Feel the whole body getting filled with oxygen. You might even feel tingly. If you do, that's good. That's You're on the journey. That's about five, six. So you just keep going. This is about 30 to 40 deep breaths is the first part of this. It's a weird feeling. Right? Just keep following it. Allow the body to relax. You're just oxygenating the body. A ton of oxygen's going through the body right now. Even the oxygen's starting to go to the brain too. Yeah, I was gonna say, I literally feel like I'm getting lightheaded. <sighs> yeah, you just keep following it. And then, so actually, once you get to about 30, after the exhalation, you're gonna stop. You're gonna let out all the air and you're gonna stop and it's gonna be a breath hold. I'll put on a timer. Okay. It's a weird feeling. I've never felt this before. Yeah, just keep going. And then timer, I'll get the timer on the phone. This type of breathing has been known to, you know, I'm totally spark a lot of experience. Like yes. All right. So after like two more deep. So one more and after exhalation, hold. Okay, we start the timer. So then this just let your body relax. No oxygen in the body. And this is the part where you start kind of feeling like you might be going somewhere else and your whole body's relaxing and you realize you don't need oxygen. Your body's saying, oh, please take a de deep breath. But you're realizing, oh, wait, I don't have to. And that's pretty powerful. So we're at 30 seconds already. We could even go to a minute. Yeah. And once we get to the minute, this is this is the part where people who have been meditating for years are not able to go this deep. Ready? We're at 50 seconds already. You good? All right. Eight. So in seven seconds, just a deep breath in and hold. Hold the breath in, actually. So we got one minute. Deep breath in. And hold. And actually squeeze a little bit to the belly, a little bit. Kind of push to the head, like a little bit of a rush and hold for about 10 seconds, 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, and let it out. And that's one round. That's one round. So we Damn. do four rounds every morning. So Holy that, shit. That's like that was one like round. intense. But it's cool, right? Yeah. What do you feel like? Well, as I was doing it, I felt a little lightheaded. Uh -huh. Like it was actually weird. Like at first I felt a little panicky. Like I was like, oh it's shit, like, am yeah. I going to pass out? And bear. then I was like, fine. And then my hands started feeling tingly. Yeah. But like now I actually feel 
energized. Do you feel good? Yeah, if you feel energized. Dude, imagine three more rounds after that. And you do this every day. Every day. Four rounds. And it actually only takes about 17 minutes is how long the recording of the guided breathing is. I still use the guided one on YouTube. We'll, we'll link to that in the show notes. It's so powerful, guys. And try to do a cold shower too, you know? Start with 30 seconds and every day just increase 10 more seconds. Wow, that was wild. I love that. Let's thank go, you for taking dude. me through that. Thank you for doing it. That's um, awesome. You're 19. Yeah. You you just put out a single. Um, you put out your first documentary within the last year. You know, you have 23 million followers on TikTok. Not that it matters. Um, yeah. <laughs> you, you, you have a big YouTube audience. You have all these things. But um, where do you go from here? And how do you think about where you go from here differently than maybe how you thought about it five years ago? Yeah, it's super different. I'm, I'm focused on just impacting, like at a deeper level. It could be music, it could be these documentaries. You know, the goal is to put people onto free resources that could help their mental health, that can help them if they're having a bad day, or a song that they could just play, it becomes a soundtrack to their life. Like, oh, this is my confidence booster. Yeah. Like, I relate to this. I, this feels like almost what I've been trying to express, but I couldn't put the words to it. Like, that's what good songs do to me. I hope to be able to like relate at that level. So it sounds like, you know, it's kind of, it's all the things, but it's all yeah. the things driven by a center of gravity that is the things that Jacob Sartorius loves doing and the impact that he thinks he can have on other people given his own experience. Yeah, to answer your question, the end part of that, that last question, what's different this time? The whole approach is different. The whole actual desire, the the thing that this is all stemming from is is wanting to create change, wanting to impact people in a very positive way and and actually like connect at a deeper level. Um, I think I've always had that within me that wanted to branch out and feel like I was part of something bigger than myself and have a family of people, yeah. you know, because maybe at times I didn't really, I was unsure with what, what family looked like. So they've always been there and I just hope to keep connecting, man. I love it. Okay, we're going to finish up with some rapid fire. You ready for this? Oh, I'm ready. Yeah. This worries me. Uh, you don't need to be worried, but it's fun. Um, Let's go. First question for you, Mr. Sartorius. Yes. What's something that motivates you that maybe you're not so proud of? Oh, um, that I'm not so proud of. <sighs> it's like, I'm thinking through. I'm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there are some things. Maybe like I'm motivated by wanting to feel like I expressed myself correctly, but there's no correct way. Yeah. So maybe overanalyzing, I don't know. But just like, dude, I hope to not be toxic. Last, um, <laughs> last question for you. Instead of you and I sitting next to each other, let's say it's Jacob from seventh grade, you know, when, when Jacob was being bullied so bad that he had to leave school. Yeah. So he's sitting right here. It's not Alex. I've actually done anymore. a meditation yep. like this. Yeah, it's an exercise. Yeah. Um, what is the one thing that you'd say to him? The overall sentence would be, um, no matter what you might be defeated with right now, there's so much good on the way to look forward to that. Like, bro, just keep your eyes focused on moving forward and becoming the best you possible. Forget all this exterior stuff that's not serving you, bro. Like you've got hella people in your corner that are just yes men. Like you need to really take the time and see what relationships serve you, what relationships don't. Like, I love you, bro. I'm not trying to see you go through some, some shit that I know might be about to happen. You know, I'm just looking out. But overall, dude, 
Just keep shining in your light. That's it. Keep keep trying to be a good person to others, even if they're not good to you. I love it. Jacob Sartorius, thank you for joining the show. Dude, I, I made it without like bawling. Let's go. It was great. Drowning in these tears, man. <laughs> You're thank awesome. Thank you for having thank me. You. Thank you, man. This was awesome. Jacob's resilience and positivity is just incredibly admirable. To have experienced such intense harassment throughout all of his vulnerable adolescent years and to come out of it with compassion and level-headedness speaks volumes about the work that he's been doing on himself. And while he says his approach to his work and his feelings about it have evolved over the years, it does seem that his passion for it remains the same as it did when he was just 13 years old. I hope that Jacob's story can help encourage others who might be experiencing bullying to know that there is a life beyond the one that your harassers are creating and that with time and effort, it's possible to get to where Jacob is mentally, completely at peace. Now, imposters listeners, we need your help. We would love to hear from you on how the conversations on imposters have impacted your life. How does this show help you in your career or your personal life? Are there any particular guests or episodes that have stood out to you? And tell me the stuff that you haven't liked, where you want the show to get better. Our goal is simple. We want to make this as valuable as humanly possible and make the show worthy of your time. So shoot me an email at alex at morningbrew.com and I'll get back to you as soon as possible. Imposters is a production of Morning Brew. Our senior producer is Vishnu Valbanani and Makila Heck is our producer. Brian Henry is our executive producer and A.B. Silver is our booking producer. Music supervision and mixing for this episode is done by Daniel Marcus. Emily Milliron is our video producer and Sarah Singer is our VP of Multimedia. Our theme song is by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. Original music in this episode is by Rosemary Minkler. 